Let's welcome the Pacones. All right, well, good morning. It's great to be here again. And thank you, Pastor Richard and Pastor Brian, Pastor Diana. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us to come, the leaders of this church. We're grateful, again, to be here and to see your beautiful faces. Do you know you got beautiful faces? you got beautiful faces. Now, you may, you may be like me. I get up in the, in the morning, I look in the mirror and say, who's that old guy looking back at me? Or old lady, excuse me. <laughs> but you have beautiful faces. You have beautiful faces, and the Lord, the Lord deeply, deeply loves you. I'm excited about what the Lord has uh, today, but before, um, before I get started on, on this message, there's a couple of things we're going to do. Uh, one is I want to release these words of knowledge that I got while we were worshiping, and I know the person for one of them because he came up to me and was asking me for prayer, Brother Randy. Uh, I had, when I was standing here, I started getting like a slight burning sensation in my left lung and feeling like a restriction in breathing, like the, the, I couldn't breathe very well, and I knew it wasn't for me. I knew it was a word of knowledge, and so afterwards, and if anybody else has that, we definitely want to pray for Brother Randy for that. The other word of knowledge that I got was eye pressure. If somebody here is dealing with pains in your eyes or eye pressure, we definitely want to pray for you. I don't know if it's just right here or if it goes back, and, but it's something to do with your eye pressure. Sorry? Oh, it is him. Okay, it's Homer. Okay. All right. So, and if there's anybody else, sometimes the word of knowledge is plural. Um, so, uh, again, we want to we pray for you in faith and believe God. You, when, when God reveals things like that, he usually heals those things, and so we we just uh, we just thank God for that. We're I, I just got back from Nepal. I want to show you. We have just a three-minute uh, uh, video. It's it's uh, it's video and pictures together, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I will just uh, preface it with a couple of things. You're going to see us on a tractor. We're going back into a jungle village where the people are, are in desperate need, and we're bringing three and a half tons of supplies back into this village. And then you're going to see a lot of shots where we're giving out rice. And it, it doesn't, some of the pictures don't give you the, the full weight of what's happening. There's hundreds of families that are getting helped. And um, so anyway, let's, let's run the video, and then, then I'll go on and say some more.
trying to cross the river on his own. He loses his shoes. This other guy grabs his shoes. <laughs> he baptized two of his uh, cell phones. This is Pastor Prakash. He's walked um, over three hours just to get some rice and, and some food. And uh, in his area, it's really tough. It's really, they can't grow a lot of uh, corn and it's a really uh, desolate place. But anyway, he's a good, he's a good friend and uh, we're, he's here. And uh, it's just a blessing to have him uh, come. But it's just amazing that he's walked all this way to get some, get some food for his family. Praise the Lord. We were so grateful to be able to get back into these areas. What you saw, and I know it was just a real short, short clip, but what you saw us doing was getting back to places where the people said, and, and, and some of these, a lot of these people were Christians, they said, we ran out of food, we didn't know what to do. Pastor Richard, they started praying. And then we showed up with all these supplies. You know, of course, it was a little bit of a time span. And they, they didn't know what to do. We had this testimony time and time again. Some of those places you saw us, we were in towns and cities. The, the, the last one we saw, all those guys sitting, some of them were homeless. Some of those men and women had lost jobs because of COVID. And uh, they didn't have food. And so we went, we actually cooked we, I didn't want to show you, if I, if I would have shown you every, everything, it would have been an hour-long video if we would have got more detail. But we cooked stuff, packed it, brought it to them, brought hundreds in, in that one where I was handing out kind of a, uh, a container. Um, we did, one day we did over 100, and then the next day we did, uh, I think it was 250 meals for those people. And then those people that we're handing out rice to, they would, why don't you come on up here, honey? They would, um, one of those bags of rice, 30 kgs is 66 pounds. So 66 pounds of rice. Then we give them lentils. They call it dal. 
So we give them lentils, we give them oil, and we give them salt. And that will last a family of five about 13 to 14 days to help them survive. And we, we helped hundreds of people. And I'm just so, so glad, so glad we were able to do that. Turn it on. There you go. That's actually been around for a long time, hasn't it? Anyway, we are. We're just very grateful for um, all the prayers, all the giving, all the yes. things that have gone Thank on you. so that we can continue the work. You know, um, COVID's tried to shut down some things, and they've shut down Mike was supposed to go three times this year, and, um, you know, the first time uh, he had a medical issue that he couldn't go. The second time, uh, they shut the country down just before he was supposed to go. Um, and so the third time when he, he said, I, you know, I'm going to go in August, I thought, well, yes, you are, in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> it's like we've been trying all year for you to go. And so, um, but we were very grateful for everything that God allowed him to do. We have some, on the back table there, we have some items that the people in our homes have made. And um, what they do is they take a piece of straw and they get it into like a rope. And then they take different like potato chip bags and candy wrappers and different brightly colored um, wrappers, shiny wrappers, and they wrap that around. And then they manipulate those and they make them into different um, hot pads, I would call it, trivet type things, coasters, bowls. And so there's a few of them back there. Um, there's, a, there's a purse that has a, it's a strap purse, and then there's a few little purses. So our people in our homes have made all of them. And so if you're interested in those, we're just asking for a donation. So we're not going to say this is how much they are or this is how much. But if you uh, want any of those, if you feel like you want to give us a donation for it, we would appreciate that. Um, we're not going to stand back by the table because we're not salespeople. I'm, I'm, I just, that's not who we are. So if you want one and you grab one, you can come find us with whatever. We're just, that's just, we, like I said, we're not salespeople. We just, we just want to be a blessing and we're a bl try to be a blessing to the homes. Yeah. Uh, we have over, you guys know, we have over 50, uh, we have about 50 people in two homes in Nepal that we minister to. Uh, most of them are dis disabled. Some of them are um, staff, but most of them are disabled, and we've been doing it since um, for 20 years. Yeah. 2001 is the first time it opened. Yeah. May of 2001 was our first home, and so we're just grateful to be able to be used by God wherever God sends us. Um, I just wanted to mention, because yes, I'd love to take his time, so I just wanted to, to mention, you know, there's something that God has put on my heart lately, um, and, and you will understand this, that the world is in chaos right now. The world is in chaos. And it's as if, what I really have seen lately, it's as if the body of Christ, the people, the Christians, have gotten sucker punched. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I've seen this happen. Thankfully, I've never had it happen. But where someone would come up and just kind of punch somebody, and the person's stunned by what happens. And, and it feels like the church has gotten stunned because of everything that happened, it happened so quickly. You know, our two weeks of we're just going to shut things down for two weeks, you know, it's been a year and a half now, almost two years. And um, 
But what I've noticed in this time is I've noticed that the body of Christ has been um, taking steps backwards. Mm. It's almost like the fear and it's almost like um, intimidation has taken over. And, um, you know, and especially because it's so prevalent to hear, you know, well, this Christian or this person or they didn't want the vaccine and they did this or they wanted the vaccine and look what happened or this happened, you know. And there's been, and then there was racial issues that came up. Mm -hmm. And there's been so much division and so much chaos that have come out of that. But I really felt the Lord say, this has been designed. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Please know, can I, can I say that strongly, please? We don't mm -hmm. wrestle against flesh and blood. And especially in the body of Christ, please don't do that. If someone wants to take a vaccine, God bless them. If someone doesn't want to take it, God bless them. We're not enemies. We're not enemies in this. We're mm -hmm. workers, co-workers together mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. And we yeah. need to stay that way yeah. because the days are coming. We're going to need each other even more. And we see it. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. That's not a far-off thing. That's not a thing that, oh, my gosh, the Christians got dragged out of their home and killed. That's not saying it could never happen here. So we need to understand we need each other. But in saying that, too, you know what I saw? It was as if the, 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 the strategy of the enemy has been to make us ineffective. You know, remember what it says in the Bible? It says if you, if you continue to bite and devour each other, and that's what it seems like. Is, and I'm not saying you. I'm saying us, all of us. Mm. And, and so what, what, what it's seen, is it's, it's trying to make us ineffective. Yeah. Because if we can fight against each other, we, we don't have the faith to, to, to stand against what's actually happening. That's right. and, I, and I see that, that the Lord is saying, I had an incident happen recently from, with me. And this is what really started me or gave me more clarity on this was um, a lady that we know was battling COVID in the hospital. And they said, please pray for her. And I went to pray for her, but they said she's really sick and there's not much hope. And I went to pray for her. And as I went to pray for her, Pastor Richard, I've been saved longer than some of the people in here have been alive. I've been saved a long time. I've been a Christian for a, over 40 years. And I went to go pray for her but I felt like my prayer was just nothing. I started looking because we, we, we don't see her personally, but I started looking on Facebook to just see the notice that she had passed away. And all of a sudden it hit me and I felt like the Lord say, he's trying to make you ineffective. He's trying to make, well, I'll pray, but you know, it's really not gonna do much good or it's really not gonna change anything or, well, I'll pray, but you know, whatever, you know, and so you start to, and it makes you ineffective. Yeah. And I started to, let me tell you, here's the weapon of our warfare mm -hmm. is right here. The weapon of our warfare is right here. We are not ineffective. We are not, yes. we are not weak. We are not unable to do. Mm -hmm. We need to start declaring we are well able. We are well able. You know, mm -hmm. Satan, we're going to push you back. We're going to push back the darkness. We're going to push back this threat against us. We're not, yeah. going to, we're not going to be ineffective any longer. And I saw it in myself 
Now, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I saw it in myself, and I said, God, I'm so sorry, because I've allowed the enemy to separate me from people. I've allowed the enemy to separate me from friends, from family, from other Christians, that it's like, you know, you, know, you understand what's going on. You can see it. You can see it all along. And so I just want to encourage you today, yeah. take up the sword of the Spirit. Take up the sword of the Spirit. You say, well, Lord, you know, if it's your will, then you can heal them. No, the Bible says this is what you need to start declaring. And I know I'm not saying you don't, but this is what we need to declare. The Bible says the word of the Lord is this. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going to be transparent with you. This lady that we've been praying for just passed away last night. But that doesn't make the word of God ineffective, and it doesn't make me ineffective. Do you understand that? The word of God is still true. Now, I mean, she's graduated. I'll tell you what, she's happier yeah. now than all of us sitting here combined yeah. because she's in the presence of God, you know. But I just want to encourage you that as the days continue to get dark, don't be sucked up into it. And, I'll, and take up that sword of the spirit. We are well able. We're going to come against the enemy, and we're going to fight against this thing. Not, it's not, COVID isn't the problem. It's the spirit that's over all of this. Yeah. Do you understand? Racial yeah. inequality isn't the problem. It's the spirit that's behind this stuff that's trying to push an agenda against us. And so I just want to encourage you, take up the sword of the spirit. Declare the word of the Lord. Declare the promises yeah. of God. Pray over these things. Start to pray and repent. If there's an area that you say, you know what, God, I've really been judgmental in this, or I've been whatever, repent of it and just say, God, yeah. I'm sorry. And, and begin to now, okay, God, now I'm going to just move forward. And I'm going to, you know, I didn't let that stop me. I realized it. I repented of it. I switched and I walked on and kept going. And now I feel like I, feel like I have more power than I've had in a long time. And it's not, you don't understand, the, the power of God working through me. So anyway, I'll, I'll let him Amen. get back to preaching. I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you, honey. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let me, uh, let me just get a, a drink. Wow. They threw a shot of something at, No. Yeah, lemonade. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, God is good. You know, I, I, I'll be transparent with you also. I kind of struggled over um, this message that the Lord downloaded on me last, or in the beginning of this, this week, last Monday. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times, you know, we, we travel from different places, administer different places, and you you, you know, especially this church, we love you guys. We have relationship here. We love pastors so much. And, and you know, everyone here, we've got friends. And so we kind of want to bring our A game. So I want to bring, you know, something maybe that you've never heard before or something that's, you know, really revelatory. But I, I didn't feel like that. I, I felt like it was, it was a message. And I'll give you the title of the message is to stand your ground. And Pat and I didn't rehearse this last week, but this morning we talked about a couple of things and we realized we we're on the same page on some stuff. And she said to me um, this morning when we were, we were driving to church, she said, um, 
she said, I, I've got something I just want to share for a few minutes. And I said, yes, absolutely. But um, I feel like the Lord gave me a word, stand your ground. And I, I, and I feel it's for this church. I've never preached it before. It's like I said, I just got it the beginning of this week. Um, anyway, so I, what I want to say to you, and, 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 and Pastor Pat mentioned it or, or kind of uh, in, in some way, is that there's been a challenge that's been put out in our faces. There's been a challenge. The enemy has challenged us. Uh, and, and, and the challenge is to be quiet and go along with all the upside-down thinking. Now, now please hear, hear this. You know, I'm not against social issues, uh, human rights. I mean, we, we need them. Now, I go into countries where there is no human rights. But we have to understand with the human rights that, that are being heralded and being pushed on us and the things that are being pushed on us, there is an illusion coming underneath it. There's an illusion and there's an agenda to try to change things completely. Now, I'm not talking about the issues that, that they're, they're saying, you know, uh, the social issues, and I'm not going to, there's a number of them, I'm not going to get into any particular, particular one, but there is, like Pastor Pat said, there is a spirit that is trying to usher in through this, and what it's doing, I saw it. I saw it with my own daughters. I have two other daughters. I got a 45-year-old and a 34-year-old. Jessica's in in between. I saw it with my two older, my oldest and my youngest. They got sucked in to these social things so much it started to affect their faith. Especially my oldest daughter, it started to affect her faith, and and I could see how some of these things would get you to either choose Jesus or Barabbas. Or Barab Barabbas was the social issue of the day, and they said, give me Barabbas. And I, Pat, uh, Pat told me that it was, uh, I guess, some well-known person put that out on social media, and, and she's my witness. I had it before it was out on social media. I said, honey, this is... Give me Jesus or give me Barabbas. Barabbas was the herald of fighting against the Roman government and give us our rights. And again, I'm not against rights. I'm not against uh, uh, what, what some, uh, some of the human rights, we, we need all that stuff, but we have to understand what is coming and what the challenge has been put out that if we say, I believe in these human rights more than I believe in my Bible, something's wrong and it needs to change. Uh, you can throw stones at me later. We, don't, we cleared all the stones out from the last meeting. You know, in, in, and you know, the thinking that's coming, it's upside down thinking that's coming. It's about a whole bunch of different things. But it's not from heaven. I think in, in New York, uh, the last I read, now I'm, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I got off because I travel into countries where they check your social media. So if you put on Christian things and all that, I can get denied a visa or blacklisted. So I don't go on, on social media. But uh, the last I remember, I read that uh, the state of New York had 51 genders that they listed on their job descriptions, 51 genders. And as far, from what I remember, um, according to the Word of God, there's only two, male and female. 
And uh, I don't see 51 genders. I think those people, we need to love them, pray for them, and I think they need understanding. But it's a male and female. Uh, and in, in Daniel 7.25, uh, you don't have to put it up. I mean, you can if you want. I'm just going to quote something from the latter part of that. And it says that, that he will, or Satan will, try to change the laws of God. It talks about wearing down the saints or oppressing the saints. And then it says he'll try to change the set times and the laws of God. What's some of the laws of God? Male and female is what he created them. That is a law. That is it. And it's trying to, it's trying to be changed. And it's really trying to be put into our face. I'm not, I'm not trying to give you an emotional frustration. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm, I, I want us to see that we are being challenged and we need to stand our ground. We need to stand our ground. We don't need to, we don't need to have a revolution. We don't need to do a, a, a political movement. We need to stand our grounds as Christians. I'm, I'm for voting. I'm not saying don't vote. I vote, please. But I'm saying what, what I'm talking about is that as Christians, we need to stand our ground. In the book of Jude, there's only one chapter, so verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3. Jude was fighting against false teaching in his time. And he says this, he said, Although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled. He had this compelling feeling, this urgent feeling to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. He felt, he felt very strongly because of what was happening and the challenge that was set out there that he had to write to God's people to stand firm in their faith. And that's what I'm saying. We need to stand firm in our faith. The Greek word for contend is a word that means to struggle for something, like a fight as a warrior, in battle, fighting, struggling, contending, fighting. Now again, we do not, Pastor Pat said, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of wickedness in high places. That's the spirit that is ushering in a lot of things that is trying to get us to either compromise, the pressure to compromise, compromise our faith, compromise what the Bible clearly states, clearly states it. And uh, as, as time goes on and as the days, they, they get darker, we're going to get lighter. The world's going to get darker. You, know, you don't have to be afraid. Please don't let fear rule in your life. God broke a, a, a spirit of fear over me. In, in 1989, I was smuggling Bibles into Russia. And, and as I was on the flight, Flying, I, I don't know if it was from Moscow to Leningrad or Leningrad to Kiev. I, I don't remember. I flew in those three, those three places. But the right engine on the plane went out. Now, if any, has anybody ever flown here? 
You can raise your hands. We won't shoot you. Okay, good. All right. Well, so a number of you have flown. And you know how just poor, I shouldn't say poor, our, our, our lovely uh, Tony, who's, who's Jessica's caregiver and our, our adopted, one of our adopted daughters, uh, spiritually speaking, she just flew for the first time coming here, two flights. And, and you know how it, when we came out of Portland, there was a little bit of rough air, so you get that you know, and it drops and your stomach goes up and nobody likes that stuff. Well, I want to tell you, that was nothing. That was, that was childish things to, compared to that engine going out. That engine went out and the plane dipped and violently went like this. Just so you know, Tony, that normally doesn't happen. Vi this, was, this was airflow or what we used to call air flop because they used to crash Russian, Russian airplanes. And so I'm in Russia. Anyway, the, the engine goes out. The thing shakes violently. We're going down. I mean, it shook so hard that, this, now again, this is 1989 where they used to have the, the picture screen for the movie, which they didn't show on that flight at all. It shook loose and came and hit the people in the bulkhead. Came right off the wall. We're going down, and I did the only thing that came out of my spirit, I grabbed my seat handles and I yelled, Jesus, not like this. That's what I did. I call it a prayer, call it panic, whatever you want. All I know is it worked. The, the engine came on and the plane righted itself. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it. Well, what happened was I got, I got the fear of flying and I had to fly the rest of that trip to bring Bibles into the rest of of those areas we were going. Then I had to fly from, from Moscow to Brussels, from Brussels to New York, and New York to Minnesota when, we, when I was pastoring in Minnesota at that time. And I want to tell you, every flight, I was gripping the seat. I mean, my jaw muscles were tired from crunching my teeth. And, and those flights were fine. Well, the Lord, spoke, the Lord spoke to me before I was going to do a meeting almost one year later. That the rest of that year, I didn't, I didn't fly, but I was scheduled to go to South India in 1990. So this is just about a year later. And in that meeting, uh, before I was going to preach at a friend's church, actually it was Pastor Jerry's Cummings Church, I asked him, can I go and, and, and just pray in the sanctuary before the service? He said, yeah, go ahead, Mike, nobody's there. So I went, I was praying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, Mike, you don't need to fear anything. Fear just broke. I mean, just, just a word from God, just a word from the Lord, and it just, just broke. I'll tell you, if you're afraid of, of this thing with COVID, I, I, believe me, I, I understand things are real, and, it, and, and it's real. People have died from it. But if you're afraid of this stuff, or it's got grips on you, or it's in your mind, or whatever type of fear, just ask the Holy Spirit just to speak a word to your heart. Just like that, it just snapped, and and I had to go into India, into India after that meeting. I think it was like a couple of weeks later. I was leaving to go into India, and I flew. I was on a plane with Harley Swartout, Pastor Richard. You know Harley, and uh, we we flying, and and the whole trip, all the whole way was fine until we flew from um, Mumbai, the old Bombay. They call it Mumbai now to Chennai, which used to be called Madras at that time. When we flew from there and we're landing in Madras, the plane is getting ready to land, and we're, we're I don't know, 
40, 50 feet off the runway. You could see everything. It's We're get, getting ready to touch down. All of a sudden, the jet engines come on real hard, and then they shut off. It goes absolutely silent. No engines at all. And we drop and hit that tarmac so hard, all the overhead bins pop open. He hits the brake so hard and reverses the engine, the thrust like they do. And all the, the silverware and the, the trays back in those days used to serve you real meals with real stuff come shooting down the aisles. And, and I'm in the bulkhead. And so my, my belt is, it feels so tight. My arms and my legs are going, I can't do them both, otherwise I'd fall. But both are going like this, like a noodle, you know. And, and, and then we turned really fast, and there was a wall. It was the end of the runway. We just missed the end of the runway. And, um, I, and I was like, wow. I looked at Harley, I said, wow, that was rough. And he looked at me, and, and Harley is, I, please forgive me if you're Norwegian, Scandinavian, or in that part of the country. Some of you guys, your emotion is a little bit deeper than, I'm Sicilian, mine are on, it's kind of, I wear it on the top of my skin. Well, he's of that area, you know, so he doesn't do a lot of emotions. He turned around, when I said that, he said, rough, his eyes were this big. He said, we almost went belly up. You know, he was just, <laughs> and I said, yeah, you know what? I didn't have any fear. I mean, I was concerned, but I wasn't in panic, and I flew, and I've been flying ever since. Then I've flown over a million miles, and uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but if you got fear of anything from the enemy, just trying to, to, to cause fear about this pandemic or anything else. Just ask the Lord to give a word of the Lord to you. So Jude is saying that he wanted them to contend, to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted, released to God's people. There's faith that's entrusted to you. The foundations of truth are entrusted to you. We're entrusted with those things. Please don't let the enemy pull them out of your hands. When I was a firefighter, I was a firefighter from 1975 to 1982. And when I was a firefighter, uh, we, we, we were trained, obviously. And one of, the, one of the things that they always tried to do in the training was to put the fire so intense. Now, back in the day, this is back then, we, we trained without, without breathing masks, Scott, Scott packs. We trained without that in actual fires. And we trained in where they had these uh, railroad cars. Well, they had one. They had one big tanker car on a track in a pit, in a concrete pit with water. But then they flooded it. They turned a valve and they flooded it with kerosene, some type of fuel oil, and they lit it. And you got about a 60-foot high flame that engulfed bigger than, than this room is and way up. And then they taught you how to get in there with what they called a with a verifog nozzle. And, and you'd have to get in and get right up to the edge of that pit and push that fire back. And that fire would rip around. It would sometimes rip around through it. And times I would come home without any, I wouldn't have any eyelashes. Some of my facial hair was totally gone or all singed because they would push the limit and get you to stand 
your ground. You didn't give up ground to the fire. You did not back down. That's how we were trained. Unless they told you the building was collapsing, which we had that happen. And I was, I was a firefighter in Long Island, New York. We had buildings, roofs collapsed, and then they screamed to get you out of there because everything's coming down on top of you. But that was the only reason. Otherwise, you stood your ground, and here, I believe, we need to stand our ground, folks. Amen? Amen. Am, I, am I doing okay here? Or are, we, are you sure? Will you have me back? Talk to your pastor. One of, one of the things, one of the things that I, I guess I, I, I guess I want to put it this way and kind of kind of wrap things in, bring it home, is don't let the devil rob your voice. Don't don't let him rob your voice. In, in these times of intimidation, it, it it's like you know trying to take. Now I, I'm not talking about being rude or yelling at people. Please please understand that. I know I might come off a little, a little strong, you know, but I, 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 I want to love people. I, I want to, I, I, I want, I, I love people, whether they're saved or not saved. I mean, of course, if they're saved, you love, you know, you love the family of God. But I love unsaved people. I, I love them, but I don't love the spirit that's pushing them, that's behind them. I, I, I don't love that, you know. And so, you know, there is a satanic spirit that is pushing and making an advancement. He's making an advancement during these times, like, really, to be honest with you, like, it's, it's quite uh, like never before that's happened. And our response, what's our response is to be salt and light. You know, salt and light affect, affect whatever they touch, whatever they're surrounding. We're supposed to be salt and light, so we want to affect with the salt, with, with the love that we have, with, with showing people love, uh, praying for people, being light, standing for truth. We, I can't tell you how many times uh, Pastor Pat and I, when we're in a, a place, and, there's, and when I say younger person, they're, in their, they're, in, they're 40 or younger. That's a younger person, right? <laughs> you, you get it. And and, and when, when we're in a place, a younger person might be the manager or like we go in a lot of different hotels and they'll, they'll talk to us and we look for opportunities and, and they'll, they'll say, oh, uh, uh, both same last name? And they say, yes, we've been married for over 45 years. And they're like, wow, we just had a man in, ask us in California, a young man, he said, he said, 45 years? He goes, what's your secret? And I said, well, I said, I'll tell you. I said, I said, communication. I said, you got to communicate as husband and wife. You, you have to communicate. And if I, don't, if I don't talk to my wife, she hits me in the back of the head. But no. <laughs> but communication. <laughs> I said, and then the other thing, and most importantly, above all, is the Lord has been in our marriage. All, all, well, actually, we, we got saved right after we got married. But if we didn't, we wouldn't have been married, stayed together. And I said, the Lord has been in our mar marriage all these years. And uh, 
and, and it is just, just somehow to affect your surrounding. You know, people don't see what you have. They don't see it in the world, and we need to display it. We need to show it to them. The, 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 uh, the reports we were getting back from Nepal was, you know, we thank God. That they thank God they came. They came and brought all this. You know, I, I've got to t- I'm going to tell you this. It, it, the, the, other, the other brother you saw on the tractor sitting on the fender of the tractor, you guys know, some of you guys know tractors. That's not a very comfortable spot. And we were going, in that river, we were going over rocks the size of cantaloupes. And, and the river was, we, we went, where Pastor Narayan fell in the video, we went downstream because that was where we were supposed to go. It was this deep. And that river started to move that tractor. In one part, it, the, the sound is real bad. Our Pastor Caleb, who had the video, and he, he kind of waved, the darker figure, he kind of waved at it. Um, he was recording it on his little iPad, and the, the sound wasn't real good, but you heard us go, the tractor was getting pushed down the river a bit while we were going. You could feel it slipping, and I thought, man, I don't want to be on this thing if it really gets caught or gets dropped into a, into a hole, and uh, it, was, it was crazy. Now, why did I say that, honey? Boy, I'm really preaching good, Pastor Richard. I'm telling you, this is my A game. Oh, thank you. Somebody, see, somebody's paying. You guys didn't even offer any help. They want to see what I'm going to do. I'm going to be able No, they were so thankful that we came. And people kept saying, wow, they brought all this. They, and they were so they were so thankful. We were able, we were able. We, oh, it was uh, uh, Pastor Bob was the other brother sitting next to me from Vessels of Mercy, good friend of ours. I've, I've known his parents for many years, and uh, between the two ministries, between his ministry and our ministry, we brought over nine and a half thousand dollars for supplies, and and we 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 got all that stuff got put into put into all that that was going on there and it was just it was just amazing and so you can change you can change what's happening let let me leave you with this thought in all of of our resisting sometimes you can get weary in all our fighting all our resisting you can get weary and i can prove it because it says it hit right here in my notes the work of the enemy because we're fighting the work of the enemy we also need, during this time of, of fighting and resisting and standing against the enemy, we can't, we can't just do that. We need the breath of God. We need the breathing of God on our soul, on our mind. We need, we need that uh, to refresh us and help realign us to what God is saying in in that hour, what God is, is, is speaking. Satan wants us to inhale the dust of the world. He wants us to inhale it. If you've ever been in any prolonged battles, in any fights, and I'm talking about, you know, some emotional things, spiritual things, it, it's, it starts to grade on you. It starts to wear on you. And, and you, start to in, you can start to inhale the dust 
of that fight, that residue, it kind of wants to stick on you. We, we have to shake it off. That's why Jesus told his disciples to shake off the dust of rejection. If you go into a village, and they remember that scripture in Matthew, and they reject you, he said, shake off the dust. It wasn't, it, it was, it was a metaphor to say, get just drop it off. Leave those words because if you keep inhaling that that dust, that residue, it's gonna cause you to quit. It'll cause you to quit. And you can't keep inhaling it. So what we need is we need to replace it with the breath of God. I, one of the things that I've learned to do is not only to shake it off, but when the thoughts come, whatever thoughts you're battling, when they come, I, I start to quote Scripture. I, I start to talk about Scripture and, and, and think about Scripture. So if I get, you know, if I get a thought about, you know, I'm getting old or sickness or whatever, I'll, I'll quote a Scripture, you know, I'll say, by the, the wounds of Jesus or by his stripes, I have been healed. You know, if there's, if there's financial things that are trying to hit my mind, I will, I'll say God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. It sounds very simple, but in the middle of the night, when that thing hits you and keeps you awake for three hours, it's not a little thing. So what I do is I try to get the breath of God in there over that attack the devil wants me to inhale the problem, but what I want to do is I want to inhale the fragrance of God. And, and, and 2 Timothy, and I'll close with this, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. That's the NIV version. It's God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Well, some of that teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training is in your own head. When these thoughts are coming and hitting you, I mean, it, it, that, that scripture means more than that. It's for the ministry and ministering to people. But some of it we have to apply right here when we're having different problems and we get the breath of God in us. And, and it's funny because that word God breathed, that two, those two words God breathed is, is theos and pneuma. That's a two compounded word. The first carries the idea of God life force, energy, that's the, the first part. But the second part of the compound carries the idea of God emitting his own substance, essence, into the word. So when, when you're quoting and you're inhaling scripture, you're inhaling more of the life of God, the breath of God. And it's so important, you know, the enemy tries to get us to get away from this word, but really this word is so powerful, especially when you apply it. It's just, it's just so powerful. It's so powerful. I'm, I'm going to quit here in just a second. I probably said that 15 times, but I am going to quit, Pastor Richard, in just a moment. I want to make this prophetic statement over this church. God is, God is going to birth something new. God is breathing. He's breathing, and he's going to birth something new. It may not look like what you think, but there's going to be something new. He's breathing. He's breathing on this church. He's breathing on this church. Honey, come on up here, please. 
heard that, a fresh wind of the spirit. And then um, earlier this, this morning, I, um, I had something um, very minor happen, and I'll, I'll explain it to you, and God spoke to me through it. And what happened was we were staying with Pastor Richard and Pastor Diana, and I went to go use the sink in the kitchen. Now, Pastor <laughs> Richard will understand what, the, what I'm talking about. It didn't come on. I said, and I'm pushing the handle back and forth, and it's not working. The water is not coming out of the sink. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe they, now I'm assuming, that's the first thing I did, well, maybe they had a leak under the sink, and they turned off the water last night so that it didn't leak. But, or maybe the, I didn't know what it was, because it was actually on when I looked at it, but it wasn't working, and I kept shutting it on and off. And I thought, Lord, yeah, okay, you know. I'll just, so when Pastor Diana came up, see, I didn't think to ask Pastor Richard when he was there, but when Pastor Diana came up, I said, um, yeah, I couldn't get your water to work, and she starts laughing, and she said, it's a touch faucet, so you actually have to put your hand underneath there, and, and it'll come on, That's and of done. course, it works perfectly. There's nothing wrong with their sink, so, but here's what I heard. I heard, uh, so I, you know, of course, laughed about it, you know, these new, newfangled <laughs> contraptions, and, um, and I, so then, but the Lord spoke to me about that. And he said, there was nothing wrong with the water. It was that you didn't understand how to, how to use it. It was something different. It was mm. something different. Mm. There's a fresh wind, but it's something different. See, there was nothing, and the faucet works great, and everything was wonderful. Do you understand? Do you hear what I'm saying prophetically? Everything's wonderful. It's not, there was just, it's a fresh wind. It was, it was, it was going to look different. It was going to mm. act differently. It was going to work differently. And so I just, yes. I, I just wanted to confirm yeah. because we don't talk about these things. I love how God does this because we don't talk about this beforehand and, you know, well, you say this and then I'll say this. We don't even, <laughs> we don't talk to each other before, not about this, about the. She doesn't you, talk to me at all. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Anyway. <laughs> But we don't, we don't talk about what we're going to share. But I had gotten that, that thing this wow, morning about you. there's a fresh wind. And then, but then the Lord reminded me of this faucet and said, but it's going to be different. But it still works. Isn't that interesting? It still works. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord.